<laughs> Happy Halloween. You're listening to Spook Footage, a spooky show where your two pals, Joe and Ray, watch movies, but Ray hasn't seen many. <laughs> Nothing scares me more than uncultured friends. But we'll see if it's wonder or blunder for heroic Joseph Peppy to try to save his friend. <laughs> there will be major plot details discussed, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Also, we won't be using any of that foul, foul language, so your grandma can listen. Okay. <laughs> Sit back, grab your spooky popcorn, and listen along as we frighten ourselves silly. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Mark footage. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It's close to midnight. Sorry. Uh, Okay, it's a pleasure to have you here in the spook footage castle. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we will be delving into Scream. My name is Ray Giroso, and I only have two pairs of lungs to scream, so I'm going to need some help this time. Two pairs? That's a lot of... That's a lot of lungs! And we are joined by the voice that you know well. Uh, thank you for for joining us here in the castle, Haley Rose. I'm re- my car broke down on the road outside, uh, and so I, all I wanted to do was come in and use the phone. But now I'm I'm here uh, tied up in a chair in your in your laboratory. You're not tied up. We're just we're just waiting for the the service cars to come and fix you up. But while you're here. We gotta keep you, you nice and cozy and warm. Cozy and okay. the restraints are necessary as well. They are Angora wool, synthetic, of course. Of course. So mm-hmm. it's very comfortable and very soft. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, since I know that neither of you have seen Scream before, mm. what can you tell me about what you do know? And don't worry, it's not as though your life is on the line or anything like that. Well, I know for a fact that the following is the the, the plot of this movie. Ah! We got it. Got it in one. Um, All right, let's get some popcorn. Well, so, okay. (laughs) Uh, From my understanding, there's a woman named Laura, um, and she's a babysitter. And... Um, okay. She is babysitting the president's daughter. And it's very high stakes. And it's not like she's at the White House or anything. The president's just very busy. And so it's like a really big, fancy, rich house. Okay. Um, and okay. so she's babysitting the president's daughter. And there's... I know that I know that there's a mask involved. And I think what happens is there's like... It's a Jim Carrey situation, right? 
<laughs> yes. And so sometimes the mask, there's a button on the knife that you can push and it pumps blood down the front <laughs> of the mask. <laughs> I do know that that's part of the movie. Yep. That's mm-hmm. definitely um, part of the movie. That's definitely part of the movie. So I know that much. But uh, I think that someone gets their hands on this mask and she screams a lot when she sees it or when she wears it. I don't know if... <laughs> We're not sure. We're not sure. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's a conceptual piece. <laughs> so wait, Laura, now, Laura starts I, wearing the mask and pumping yes, the blood into the... Okay. Yeah, yes, so, Laura, is, Laura is the mask. Friend. I, so what I really like here is that I think a lot of this hinges on the fact that Laura has to pump blood into the mask and she needs to find fresh blood. Right? Yes, exactly. Otherwise, if the if the mask gets dry, it'll crack, and if it cracks, she loses her powers. And her, what are her powers? Those powers. I'm glad you asked, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. One number one is knife. Number one is knife. She has an unlimited supply of knives with buttons. <laughs> yes. They, she so can, if she loses one, it's fine. Yeah, she summons them from the ether. Um, and the other one is her banshee scream. Um, where Mm -hmm. that's where the name of the movie comes from. She can yell really piercingly loud and break windows. And like, there's one really grotesque scene where a secret service agent's like freeze. And she's like, (laughs) and then his head just explodes. It's crazy, Mm -hmm. but you can't do it all the time. Like her super villain name. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The, The scream. Right. Um, and that's how she gets into people's houses, is she breaks it with the whale. Yes. She breaks windows with the whale. Now, there's a really cool Easter egg kind of thing. It's less Easter egg, it's more of a detail, but there's this one moment when she first puts on the mask, um, and she finds it under the president's uh, porn stash under his right. bed. Right. Um, and she she picks it up, and she puts it on, and then it cuts from like an over the shoulder shot of her lifting the mask to a like front shot as she rises into frame and behind her is uh the painting the scream Um, oh yes and then she covers it with her face as she puts the mask on it's really really like really top-notch filmmaking stuff yeah so uh, if i remember right there is like a magical girl transformation whenever yes. she puts on the mask where she gets like the hooded cloak mm-hmm. and the robes <laughs> except it's like super and knives dark. just are raining <laughs> in the background yes okay. yeah yeah and and you hear the signature scream in the background as she's transformed right it's a little hard to hear it over the j-pop but it is there <laughs> <laughs> so is laura like on her own a sociopath empowered by the mask or is she possessed by it to start doing these terrible that's, things you know what joe that's unclear right like yeah. that's one of the big questions oh, is yeah. was laura like the killer all along or was the killer inside the mask and we don't find yeah. out does we she, don't yeah, find out in the first one because there are multiples kill, right there are does she kill the the president's daughter like who does she kill with who are her victims well, so there's Secret Service agents, obviously. There are many Secret Service agents, just just bodies, bodies on bodies. Everywhere. <laughs> just they have to crawl over like a wall of them it's at one disgusting. point. It's really bad. Like it's super like very much of the nineties kind of ilk of like what how over the top can we get here? Right. So 
Um, I th- uh, if I remember right, the the president's daughter does escape because there is a hint that she becomes the scream in yes. the next few oh. iterations. So, so the president's daughter, who is only ten years old, winds up uh getting the jump on Laura, aka the scream, the scream, and uh winds up taking one of the Secret Service agents' guns. And there's this really climactic scene where she they're they're in the garage, right? And mm-hmm. it's like this massive garage because it's supposed to hold Air Force One. And they, uh, they're they sitting in there. It's more of a hangar, but it's like there's a, the tarmac leads out to the road. So it's just sort of weird president okay. stuff. Yeah. And so they're standing in there, and, and she's hiding in the middle of this garage. There's nothing to hide behind. And she just has this gun, and she's looking around all frantic. And the music cuts, and then you just see the silhouette of the scream in the, in the entryway. In the massive entryway, and she's like really isolated all the way out there down the the, the tarmac, mm-hmm. um, and she's walking towards her, and the president's daughter is screaming at her, um, sort of ironically, and mm-hmm. um, aims the the gun at her, and Laura goes, "You fool! You think that a mortal weapon can stop the scream?" And she goes, "No, but I think this will." And she shoots the chain out of the like hangar door, and it falls and cuts off Laura's head. Oh, and then wow. it rolls. It rolls all the way down like the half a mile long hanger to wait, her feet. She wait. She shot the chain from a half a mile away. No, it's above her. No, 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 no. Her. It's oh, above, above okay, her. Okay, okay, okay. So she shoots that, which releases the hanger door and yeah. chops off Laura's head. Yeah. With the mask still attached, now rolling right. across and then the hanger. The last thing we see is like a like uh is is the president's daughter standing in this hanger, and then we see like police lights flashing because she called the cops a while ago but it's taken this long for them to get here and then um which is really bad response time for the president's daughter Mm -hmm. and then um all these lights are flashing and you just see like the red and blue on her face coming through the windows as she like picks up the mask and looks at it and then she looks dead at the camera and then the credits roll it's crazy yeah it's wild (laughs) <laughs> so that really sets up see, Scream 2, too. Scream like, 2, right. you more see screaming. Mask, like, drying out, like, about to it's, crack. Yeah, and it's Scream 2, All the President's Men. Um, uh-huh. And that's the sequel. Yes. So it sounds like there's just kind of, like, a lot of... Like, the setup doesn't take very long, and the climax kind of happens pretty quickly. The middle portion of the movie sounds like it's just a lot of men being killed by the scream. Yeah. It's a lot of men being killed by the scream. It's a lot of the scream chasing the president's daughter who is unnamed throughout the whole movie, yeah. Yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, running around like the house and corridors being chased and the scream appearing where you least expect her to yes. be. Just and a lot of a lot like of jump cinematography. And- yeah. Um, there it does. There is like a, a a concurrent plot line that's sort of overlooked, um, where the president is desperately trying to get a really good falafel sandwich in New York City. I was gonna ask if he was like golfing somewhere or something like that, but yeah, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, he's out in New York City and he's just like, I really want to get myself a falafel sandwich, and he uh, he he's just so caught up in this journey to get a falafel sandwich from the best halal truck in New York City at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. That he can't. So this, yeah, this leads to the iconic phone scene. Yes. Um, where the president's daughter is trying to call her dad, but she keeps dialing the house, like his, the house phone. Right. So the house phone keeps ringing and she's like, why is the, 
why why is the 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 call coming from inside the house okay i was gonna ask you about that yeah. because we don't we all know that line comes from this movie so that's how it that's yeah. how it comes up the call is coming yeah. from inside the house because um, she's trying to call her father who's busy trying to get a falafel right and there aren't cell phones in the 90s so um not even the president had one and she, even if he did she wouldn't know the number um, she has a pager but like they don't know how to use those. Right, exactly. Well, the thing is, pagers don't send a lot of information. And so she does successfully page the president at one point. But he uh, is eating his falafel sandwich at that point. He finally, like, she finally gets to him. And he finally has his falafel sandwich. And these two plot lines, like, coincide at this exact moment of perfect serendipity where his pager goes off, but his hands are covered in tahini sauce. And it just, like, slips out. And then he has this comical scene where he's like kicking it down the road and then it falls in the sewer. Who um, plays this silly, silly man? Will Ferrell. Okay. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that that makes sense. <sighs> it's his first movie. <laughs> a lot of people know that. <laughs> yeah. Played the president. He played the president in his first movie. He played he played Bill Clinton. And then he went on to Saturday Night Live after that, I think. Okay. Now what I really like about Scream. There's a few things, but I like how it sets up the the Halloween cinematic universe because Freddie Prince Jr. does make a cameo from I Know What You Did Last Summer as right. like a potential love interest at the beginning. Right. And then he's like, fine, I'm just going to go to the docks. And then the events of I Know What You Did Last Summer happen. Right. I have and no then... way of like asking any questions about that because I've never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. So I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the, the extended Halloween extended cinematic universe is Halloween, um, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer. You did last summer. And um, loosely, Nightmare on Elm Street. They never fully got the rights to that one, so they just okay. kind of alluded to it. Um, Which would also then include Friday the 13th, because we know Nightmare on Elm Street is... Yes, exactly. That. Right. But that yeah. they didn't have that in the tank just yet. Like, they right. had no... They, had, they were very protective of that IP at the time, sure. and so it wasn't until Nightmare on Elm Street that it kind of got brought in, but it got mm-hmm. grandfathered in. It was very messy, you know. You know they haven't been able to do like a proper cinematic universe Speaking until. Speaking re- of messy, I I want to know what the most gruesome killing in this movie is, like the one that sticks out to you the most. Definitely the piranha tank. Definitely the piranha tank. The piranha tank. <laughs> yeah, like in Speed Racer. Have you watched Speed Racer? <laughs> yeah. Definitely the piranha tank when um, uh, Scream Laura uh, finds out she has telekinesis and she lifts up one of the Secret Service agents and then just slowly drops him into a piranha tank and he just Mm -hmm. gets his feet eaten first and it's just slowly all the way up his body until the middle and then he stops screaming. Yeah, Um, And we watch all of it oh the whole thing it's just it's just a static camera shot it's one of the most impressive Mm -hmm. effects i've ever seen in movies um but then she just like dives head first into the piranha tank to get all the blood out of the water and the piranhas Mm -hmm. are just afraid of her so they don't even try so it's really cool it's a really powerful moment it's honestly like a a pinnacle of feminist cinema in my opinion of like posing a woman not as a damsel but as the villain it's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah as this thing that everyone is so deathly afraid of, and rightly yeah. so. What about yeah. you, Ray? What was the what was the scariest, yuckiest scene for you? Oh boy, I mean, oh man. So, do you remember the scene at the park where there's all the kids and screams? Oh my by? god, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's just all the kids, and you would you're you're expecting all the kids to die, but like all we see is just scream walk past, and like all the parents of the kids are just hanging from nooses. Oh yeah, it's really it's and, super like, they're simple. All pale because like the blood, like you see little trods underneath them because the blood's been yeah you know right. t- drained. It's really unsettling and gross. Was yeah. that that was the scene? Like all the kids walk past, but they don't think anything of it at first because it's like it's Halloween night and they just think it's somebody in a Halloween costume pumping blood into their mask, right? Right, exactly. Right, exactly. The famous scream mask. Um, but yeah, because the, uh... this is taking place also at the same time as Halloween. Right. Yes, exactly. So it's Halloween, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and this all coincide at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, so that's why they the the, the, e- the the evil Halloween folks haven't met up yet for the team-up. Right. Which, of course, is um, Spooky Ween Endgame, uh, as we all know. As but know. Mm-hmm. now, here's the, the thing about that scene, is it's funny a little bit, but it's also unsettling how funny it is. Because it happens during a montage of, like, Laura getting her powers. Yeah. And, like, there's some cool 80s music going. in the background. And it's, like, you know, a power line is playing and from the Goofy movie. And (laughs) um, they're just having a blast. Um, just like killing people, but there's my, my favorite scene in that. It's actually very funny is there's this footage of like this party, this like birthday party in like Mexico. And there's these, it's on the news and they're like sightings of a mysterious creature or person have been found all over the world. And then it's just this footage of these kids had a birthday party, like whacking a pinata and having a good time. And then Laura just comes out of the bamboo behind them and mm-hmm. like looks around a little bit and then walks away. And yeah, everyone's I love like, science. what the? F-? Yeah. 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 Science is great. Science is great, Joe. <laughs> and they totally ripped off this scene from Scream is the thing. We have to admit that. They, they absolutely did. Um, I also, oh gosh. Oh, no, I really like how the first half of this movie sets up the scream as possibly the hero, because we're following through through watching her learn about her powers and her transformation and getting the blood, and you're kind of rooting for her because yeah. of, you know, the montage, and you're like, yeah, get those folks. But it's, like, post-ended with, like, gruesome scenes of people dead, mm-hmm. and you're like, do I want this? I kind of want this. Am I bad for mm-hmm. wanting this? Yeah, it uses cinematography and sort of like 80s iconography to lull you into a false sense of like rooting for this person. Right. So it's like, I feel like then Dexter was probably highly inspired by this where like you're rooting for him. You want yeah. him to win because oh, you yeah. want to see more show, but he's doing terrible things. And that's kind yeah. of like the same. That's just uh, an iteration on this idea from Scream. Mm-hmm. Precisely. At some point. In the movie, we do see people like just walking around with shirts that say hashtag Team Scream. And it's impressive because hashtags did not exist mm-hmm. in the 80s. But, you know, people are like, well, it, it's showing that the people in universe are also rooting for Scream, but we're never explicitly told why. Ray, that, you know, it shows your youthful innocence to think that that was a hashtag. It's actually no. I know. It's, it's an Octothorpe, I know. No, it's actually a number. Um, it's a phone number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, team <laughs> Scream number. Team Scream is exactly nine digits, and so people would dial Team Scream, and they would uh, call them to a hotline, and it's Laura, and Laura says, do you want to donate your blood to the Scream Foundation? And they're all like, 
Uh, yeah, and so then yes, that please. she has this like line of willing donors, sort of like Blade. That's, um, that's so you know, weird. Like, yeah. that's, that I feel like that just gets set up so fast, much like the storyline in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where there's just, oh like, yeah, all of a sudden there's a donation line as well, and she's yeah. she's yeah. handling the, the the phone. So is this like? It's starting to sound like this movie is a little bit goofier than I originally thought. It's definitely goofy, but it's also spooky. It's very campy, but not like Evil Dead camp. No. It's grounded in a lot more realism than like weird plants attacking people. Yeah, absolutely. The supernatural. The only supernatural thing here is Is the scream mask and its powers. And where it came from. Or is that just Laura being like super cool? We're still not told. It's true. Like. Did she have inherent telekinetic powers since the beginning, or was it because of the well, mask? Well, you know, a lot of people do, but I think I think it's kind of, you know, made clear by the movie that they are unlocked by the mask and her relationship yes. with it. Yeah. Well, we only use 7% of our brain, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing in this movie. <laughs> There's not enough blood on your face to, to right, use Right, they don't figure... Right. <laughs> that's why it needs the blood to the power blood. the mask, so you can... Op- open, unlock the mind right. powers. This is why warriors in ancient times were more powerful because they Be- constantly had blood splattered blood, on their right. face. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much gets us to a good understanding of what Scream is all about. Before mm-hmm. we move into the break, I want to ask you both if you can come up together with um, the like the most iconic line from the movie. I have it. Okay. Oh yeah. I have it. Uh, it's during uh, one of the scenes in the hangar before the clim- oh climax. Oh my god! Yes. Okay. And wait. Hang on. You do the first part, and then I'll do the the second part because it's like a, it's like it's a call and response kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Oh, it's sort of like it's sort of like Luke, I'm your father. No, that's impossible. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Um, it's it's the president's daughter. She comes in and says, "Where where did everybody go? Like, there's bodies and like, but there's no people." Right. And then Scream comes in and says, Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> and that's the first time anyone ever said that in a recording. Yeah, it's media. really wild. See, I, I saw a, an, a, an uncut version where Scream said, There's Air Force none left in No, here. shut up. <laughs> Actually, the, I, I was being a goobus. The real line is not in the. That was the director's cut we were quoting because it's the one yeah. we watched the most because it has like the most gruesomeness. Mm-hmm. But the actual original theatrical cut, which is really hard to get your hands on, um, her response after is, where did everybody go? And she's looking around and it's just Scream in the middle of a pile of bodies. And then Scream goes, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and does like, is holding the knife up to her face like, ooh. Yeah, yeah like yeah, to her dimple. A, a, <laughs> yep. finger, a finger up to her mouth. And yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, America's darling." Yeah, scream, America's darling. Uh, all right, God, I cannot wait to watch this movie. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go eat some popcorn and enjoy this flick together. Awesome. Can I get extra blood on mine? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh boy, sorry to leave you on such a cliffhanger, but we do have to do a required ad break so we can keep living and not get caught by the scream. Um, First, I'd like to talk to you about Deck of Friendship. Deck of Friendship is a podcast I do with my friends and co-hosts Marble and Mars, 
we review an episode of an anime based on a real-life game and talk about the themes and the cultural importance while we proclaim our love and friendship and try to make each other laugh, which we laugh every single episode. There's not a single episode where we don't laugh. It's a big barrel of ha-has. And uh, right now we are finishing up the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! We have a few more episodes on that. And then after that, we'll be tackling the show Fighting Foodons. And then we're going to do other stuff like Bakugan, Card Fight, Digimon, a few others that I can't think of right now. And it's a fun time. Uh, but Deck of Friendship can be found on Lunar Light Studio every Tuesday or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, they didn't give me any blood in my popcorn, which is probably the healthiest and safest thing. But they did give me a poster for Whatcha Call It? Whatcha Call It is a conversational freeform comedy podcast where two friends talk about whatever is on their minds. Join Britt and Reed as they get together to discuss current events, pop culture, or any other nerdy thing that comes to mind. New episodes are available every other Tuesday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatcha Call It? Your belly button is your old mouth. Now it's time to get back in here clear up our vocal cords, drink some tea, and get ready to scream on this fun adventure horror thriller. Thriller. Thriller is a scary video. Okay, alright. See you in the movie! Ah! So, y'all just watched Scream for the first time. Ah! 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 It wasn't quite the movie that you had described. You're wrong! No, it was, it exactly was exactly the movie, the movie we, described. we described. Beat for beat. I do want but, to say off the bat, one of my favorite parts of this movie is how mundane the killer is, and yeah, not, yeah, not super powered in any way. Yeah, that was the only thing that was different. Well, how he, about you? T- he gets his he gets his butt kicked like the whole time, like, like every, every time he's on screen. He's, yeah, just getting, like, and also that, like, the victims are, like, very good at fighting. (laughs) Yes, they are. Every single one of them fought back really hard. Just valiantly. It was phenomenal. Oh, my God. Before we talk about the leg sweeps and the gunshots. And the fridge smacks. And the fridge smacks. Let's talk about the actual plot of this movie and what happens. Joe, do you want to? Sure, I can try to run through it. There's a lot of twists and turns and backstory and evidence that crops up throughout the film. So without getting bogged down in it, um, the, the scene or the movie opens up with a girl alone in a house and she gets a mysterious phone call and on the phone is a crazed killer who Mm -hmm. kills her boyfriend and then her, and then we like, begin the movie proper and now there's a killer loose in this town woodsboro or something like that just a small like upper class suburb and the main character from that point forward is sydney prescott and throughout the movie we find out that like a year ago her mother was killed and they had arrested a suspect um but it's starting to be seem more and more likely that the killer from a year ago is the same one that is actively killing people now and throughout the movie more and more people are killed off and it is never clear like 
who who the killer is. There's everyone is a suspect. There's a, a conversation about that, and the movie is also very self aware and very like referential of other horror movies and trying to be at the same time very mundane and straightforward, but also unique and original. And um, at the very end of the movie, it's revealed that the killer is Sydney's boyfriend Billy and another one of their friends Stu or Shaggy Matthew Lillard yes (laughs) um, the two of them were working together and they go through all these different hoops to to get the get the town scared running and that's that's really their entire motive is to scare and terrorize a bunch of people because they're bored which is terrifying on its own yes Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's Scream what did what did y'all think it's definitely like the centerpiece of. I'd say this is like the Iron Man of the HECU. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Halloween Extended Cinematic Universe yeah. definitely is a part of this movie. Well, so we are. It's a hundred percent confirmed that Freddy Krueger is the janitor at this high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a moment in the thing that happens. Um, it is. A hundred percent confirmed that Meg Ryan and Clueless are also part of this. Yes. Um, I don't think Clueless. I think that was a little bit more of a coincidence. Yeah, that was a bit of a coincidence. Yeah. But <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, uh, Wes Craven, the director of this film, put a line in the movie where one of the characters misnames him and combines mm. his name with other famous horror director, John Carpenter, and the, 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 uh, what's her name? The... Tatum. McGowan. Yeah. Tatum. Um, Tatum. Yeah, she says Wes Carpenter flick, um, which is very funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the HECU is real, and this is the centerpiece in on which it, it rotates. Yes, um, we, also, we even see Jamie Lee Curtis. We do see Jamie Lee Curtis, and there's lots of naughty words we won't say in this. I have a list of good swears. Yeah. Just for um, us. Yeah, just for us. Just for us. <laughs> so, but I did have a great list of 90s things that I saw as well. Ooh, yes, let's go through that yeah. first. Yeah. Um, yes, I like for, this movie. Now let's talk about the 90s. Yes, I like this movie. Let's talk about the 90s. Uh uh, bangs, very short bangs, very mm-hmm. short bangs. Jiffy Pop, God, uh, yes. land landlines, mm-hmm. analog clocks, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, VHS, mm-hmm. dial up internet. Where she she <laughs> she calls the police through her like chat room on her computer. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. That was yeah. really silly. I loved that was it. Extremely silly. The beginning of cell phones, which is very funny. Um and uh also yeah, it was a really funny flick. I think it was um it was definitely unique. I've seen things do things like it now, but in the nineties yeah. I'm sure like on the heels of the big slasher flick just boom of the 80s into the 90s. Right. This was like a really fresh take. And I yeah. think that's really fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun because the movie constantly talks about scary movies and how like predictable they are and what the rules are mm-hmm. and like talking about bad actors and things like that. And it sets up all these expectations and it calls all these shots and then it really nails them. Like yeah, yeah. it lives up to 
its own bragging about itself, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it, you expect it to break a lot of the tropes, but it, it plays into them, but in a different way. And that's mm-hmm. yeah. refreshing. Like, there's a moment where Billy is talking about being original or whatever like that. Like, and yeah. He's talking about Scream being original, even though it's something that's been done a hundred times. And mm-hmm. it, it is. I I love um it it does deliver on all of the plot points right, mm-hmm. but it also takes a lot of like twisty turns and like it'll it does these moments where it like ham fistedly like sets up a suspect, um like uh, the the principal, yeah um, yeah where he like is playing with the mask and he's throwing the scissors around and threatening to gut students and then like literally 10 minutes later not even he dies yeah and so yeah it plays this game with the viewer of like here's your new suspect adam Dill- just kidding he's dead and then it's like over. and so they they set up all these little threads i had a running list of suspects the whole time of who could be it and mm-hmm it just kept shifting around. And I think that's the mark of a good flick where like, like we knew it was Billy from the beginning, like from the get, we were all like, it's Billy. We're all like, it's Billy, right? Honestly, I remembered it. I remembered it being Shaggy and Randy. I thought that Billy was actually in the clear and like they continue to make him seem like a suspect. And then at the very end, you find out he's not. And yeah. I, I continued to believe that until it's really like finally revealed at the end. I'm like, Oh, I misremembered how this movie. <laughs> well, what's yeah. great is that they, they set up Billy as a suspect very early on, get him arrested because he mm-hmm. was being suspicious. And throughout the movie, he's just being suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never like really turns it off. Time. Yeah. And I also really love that they, like, the entire time in the back of your mind, maybe at the bottom of your suspects list, is Sydney's dad. Because there's a there's a ton of evidence that keeps cropping up that says it could be him. His his right. wife was killed a year ago. Like, he, he had a mental break. Like, whatever. And he's the only guy that's not anywhere. He's Yeah, yeah. he's just gone. And... Um, and then they, they, the characters in the movie, the killers use that. They're going to use that as they're out. They're going to frame him. Which is really, it's delightful. This movie is delightful because it plays, it doesn't play, like most horror movies play a prank on the audience. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh, it was this guy. Oh, wait, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, here I am. I jump scared you. It's like, it's, it's messing with the audience. This one is playing a prank with the audience and you're right. with these characters the whole time them. and like you're figuring it out and they're also like you're it almost makes you feel like you're in on it at the end mm-hmm. as if you were mm-hmm. with the killers the whole time thinking about how you could pull this off and yeah. they even point that out they they say uh, movies scary movies don't make psychos they just make psychos more creative mm-hmm. and it's very mm-hmm. interesting because then you're put in the hot seat of like am i a killer like am i, am I the scream <laughs> was i scream the whole what maybe scream was the friends we made along the way maybe friends was in this uh, hecu too. yeah friends yeah. is here <laughs> yes it's true i really liked how the last 20 minutes just had the villains unmasked because usually yeah. a lot of movies would have them unmasked at the end, but we just have them unhinged at the very end mm-hmm. for 20 minutes trying to kill oh, people. Oh my and god, that scene was so funny. 
It was so funny, but so and, good. And this plays very much into the sort of uh, Jordan Peele kind of ethos of, of horror and comedy using the same beats. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's it, it, it kind of messes with you in a very interesting way where like at the end, you're kind of like not rooting for them, but you like them because they're idiots. And like, you hit me with a phone, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially Stu. Like, yeah. he's... Matthew Lillard's performance in this movie is so good. And the sexual yes. tension between those two boys. Oh, my I said it. Excuse I said me. It. They, were, they, were, they were together. That one scene where he's, uh, where Shaggy's head is on Billy's shoulder and uh-huh. they're both looking at her with the knife and they're, he's, like, licking his lips and drinking. And, and as part of their plan, they have to stab each other. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And after Shaggy gets stabbed, like, um, Sid <laughs> escapes. Just Shaggy. Poor Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I know. And then toys with them on the phone mm-hmm. and tries to escape. And he's like, did you really call the cops as he's bleeding out? Yeah. It was just so silly. It was a role reversal, though. Like, yeah. Was, like, then all of a sudden he was being threatened over the phone and bleeding to death. Mm-hmm. And she had all the power and she picked yeah. up the mask and became the scream. Like yeah. we said. Like we said. Yeah. And she even took put on the screen outfit and stabbed Billy with an umbrella multiple times. Metal. It was super cool. The relationship between comedy and horror, I think, I got the most uncomfortable with it in the like the very first scene because mm. you because you haven't been living in the movie. Yeah, right. the very first scene is very like it's funny and it's silly until it's not. And right. then it's yeah. like, good God. And they do. They string her up. Like, that's something that you you all said before in the first half. We did. Like, yeah. people get strung up and their bodies get left on display. And it's it's really disturbing. It goes from being this this game and this girl, like, being kind of clueless and being, I don't know, just silly. And then suddenly flips a switch and it becomes very scary and very disturbing. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a really it's a really fine line that they walk. And they the weirdest thing about this movie is most of the time when you're doing that like comedy into horror thing, it's a one-way trip. Like you mm-hmm. go yeah. from like ooh this is kind of silly to oh this got way too real and then it stays real and scary. But mm-hmm. they managed to like dance back and forth across the line in a really yeah. interesting way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like, you know, it's it's the uh like and it's almost like sadistic kind of humor where like uh, Tatum is in the garage and then she starts flirting with the killer mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he goes after her and it's real scary. But then she's just chucking beer bottles at him and he's mm-hmm. just absolutely right. eating pavement. And mm-hmm. then he like gets back up and she tries to run through the cat door, which is very silly. But then she gets her head cut off by the door. And like we said, what? yeah, that was okay. an amazing called shot. That was amazing. amazing. And it's really gruesome. It's, it's super so... grody. What? Oh speaking of that, what other things did, did Haley and I, who've literally never seen this movie called? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that it was a called sh- shot so much, but I really did like the like us watching it with the lens of 
the scream being a spirit that gets passed around. Even though that's not what's portrayed in the movie, there are scenes that can be read that way, especially yes. when she does become yes. scream at scream at the movie at the end of the, at the end of the movie. Or when when the 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 principal has the mask and all of a yeah. sudden he's brandishing yep. these scissors everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And he becomes a little spooky for a second. Um, the the garage decapitation the. There were no psychic powers. There are no psychic, no psychic powers, powers this time around. Sorry. Um, but the HECU. The HECU is this, real. That's, that's real. That's it's so real. real. <laughs> My favorite moment in this is very underrated because it's sort of it's it plays off the metatextuality of the whole thing. And it's when Jamie Kennedy is on the couch mm. and he's watching mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis on the on the movie screen on the CRT. Mm-hmm. And Scream is behind him, and he's going, Jamie, turn around. Jamie, behind you. Jamie, turn around. And he's just saying his own name and saying Mm -hmm. turn around. (laughs) And it's very, it's so, it was just very delightful to me of, like, what a fun little gag to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the audience would be saying that right there. Right. And here's no one knows his name. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't. I that that joke was totally lost on me, and I I am really glad that like I watched this movie with you so that you could shed some light on it. I th- I think this movie has like a ton of different levels of of jokes like that where you can enjoy some of these meta horror movie jokes without having an extensive knowledge of horror movies, and then there are like varying yeah. degrees, um, and that's that's fun too. I, yeah. Do- it's a rare case of a movie that simultaneously will be more rewarding with more horror movie knowledge Mm -hmm. and also more rewarding with less horror movie knowledge Mm -hmm. because it can either be the, you know, penultimate to like the best horror movie of like, you've watched all the horror movies and now you watch this one and you feel like you're in on the jokes because you're also really versed in all the rules or this can be your first horror movie and it's a crash course, you know? Yeah. 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 That's how I felt. I want to expand on that. Uh, going back to this movie after a few years is also a lot of fun because in the meantime, you've picked up other things. You've picked up other actors' names and stuff like that. And like, I, I've seen this movie three or four times in my life and mm-hmm. every time I've watched it, it's been a new experience. Um, especially this one, man, I, the, the HECU, it's just still messing with me. <laughs> it's, it's one of those there's things a, I'm, oh, sorry. There's a, sorry, there's a RuneScape quest that follows the plot of this movie pretty closely. Which yeah, there I is. No, there is. And I just thought about that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I was, I was also delighted by just like the, this movie has the potential to be like a Blart Side of the Moon situation where like you can watch it repeatedly over and over and over again mm, and keep catch. finding new things and new fun ways to read it mm-hmm. as you slowly mm-hmm. go insane. Finding um, new things, the the set dressing you mentioned, there's there's so much like oh, yeah. care put into yeah. the the environment and the characterizing the people through what's on their desks at the police station, for instance. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a little inside baseball of, like, Wes Craven is um, where what he lacks in sort of, like, refined cinematic storytelling because, like, his camera work is all over the place and just mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. like, really just sort of, like, almost hacky, like, you know, 
so many Dutch angles and the moving yeah. camera, but it's mm-hmm. it's a little unsteady because they couldn't afford like a proper rig because it was probably a shoestring budget, you know. And um, they, but what he makes up for is like just detail work in the yeah. sets. Yes, and so like you'll see, you know, in the room like all the little beer bottles scattered around in very specific places or in the garage you can see the sort of like different things that that family has in their garage or the eggs in the fridge in the garage like that's a strange detail that's just like why do they put their eggs in the garage and in the fridge do they have so many eggs that they need eggs (laughs) in the garage (laughs) fridge or like Dewey's like silly childish cop stuff that shows I love he's, it. he's always wanted to be a cop since he was a little kid and now he mm-hmm. is and he's collected mm-hmm. these toys on his desk to remind him of like where he's come from. It's just it's little environmental storytelling details like that that really make a difference. And yeah. I I I think it's a really like it's a really well done flick for being deliberately sort of hack me you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like Mm -hmm. it was trying its best to be a b movie but delivered an a movie amount of care you know yeah Yeah. so yeah so disappointingly um power line does not make an appearance in this movie no. No, but I swore Randy's shirt at the end there said power line on it a couple times. <laughs> um and Randy is just that leaning tower of cheese kind of guy. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. He totally is that dude. Oh Polly Shores. Oh Polly Shores. Um But yeah, I think that this was a really fun flick and Honestly, it would have benefited from some Polly Shore, if I'm not lying. Like, <laughs> I think Polly Shore as like Randy would have been great, but Jamie Kennedy was a fine pick, and yeah, yeah. I just think sprinkle yeah. a little Polly Shore in there. Maybe he's a cop. I think Polly Shore is a little too charismatic to play the role of Randy. Oh, you know what? He could have uh, been. He could have been Kenny. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. That would have been great. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, "Come on, you, you know, fat piece of lard." And he's like, "Whoa, frisky, (laughs) (laughs) kitty got claws." (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, it comes down to this: Would both of you, either of you, recommend watching Scream for the first time to somebody who's never seen it before? Absolutely. Yeah, I would. And I'm not a I'm not a horror movie fan. Oh yeah, especially this time of year though. You know, like mm-hmm. it's real it's it's also it's not too scary is the Mm-mm. thing about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although I am home alone and I am making the call inside the house. Be right back. Oh. <laughs> the human on human violence, like human horror it's 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 Mm. always kind of the most disturbing type of horror movie to me but it Mm -hmm. like you said it's not it's not scary scary it's not too too uh, i was gonna say gory but the garage door scene is pretty messed up there's some gory scenes and what i did was look away because i am fine with with that (laughs) see i i was a i i've i've always been all right with like the gore and stuff and so my 
my policy on this flick is like if you need to look away look away the story yeah. is there there's not yeah. too many like jump scares a lot of it is very like hitchcockian sort of suspense yeah. where like you know you'll see the shoe fall down in the bathroom stall and then it's like the slow re- reveal that it's the the scream and like you know, there's not a lot of like popping up in windows. There's a lot of sort of lurking in the background, and you're like, turn around! Like, yeah. what? It's suspenseful. What's great is that all the jump scares are just from the regular characters appearing out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah like Dewey like slides in <laughs> off frame, <laughs> or yeah. Billy does that all the time. Being Billy just exists inside of a jump scare. That's his <laughs> whole like. There's no blood pumping up into the mask, and I have to wonder where the the Halloween costume got that from. Scream 2, Electric Bloodaloo. Scream (laughs) Scream (laughs) 2, Electric Blood Pump. Yeah, that's possible. Scream 3, Pump It Up. Scream 3, Cardio with Ghostface. Pump It Up. (laughs) Pump It Up. Scream 4, now featuring, oh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Richard Simmons. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, Richard Simmons. (laughs) Oh, my God. Scream as you burn those calories and escape from the killer. Come on, ladies. Yes, come on, ladies. <laughs> ah, my, I'm working my calves out so hard right now. Oh, my God. That would be a great cardio workout is like mm-hmm. a killer behind you running and you have to keep running. That's just called existential dread for me. That's just called, yeah, that's just called body image issues, huh? <laughs> oh, we oh. all have our we all have oh. our screams. We all have oh. our ghost face kills. You know me, screams. I'm the number one thriller. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you both enjoyed this movie. I am always going to be a little bit disappointed that the one that you described doesn't exist. We can they make it happen. They don't have to. All my plots can exist somewhere, Joe. Well, I'll email. <laughs> I will email Wes Craven tonight, and I'll say, "Hey, <laughs> we're making the HECU." <laughs> I have the the scoop of a lifetime. Here we go. It's the HECU headed up by you. You can pull in whoever else you want, and we're going to reboot all these movies, but they're going to be interconnected, and at the end, all of the monsters team up to fight the alien from yes. Aliens. From Aliens. <laughs> Just play the begin- the first half of this episode and then at- post them that in, and I'm it's, pretty it's, sure we're it's sold. Freddy versus... It's Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers... Scream and uh, who else? The hashing spatula. Yeah, and that versus alien versus predator. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a three-way that- fight to the death, and they all have to fight each other at the end. And then Dewey is the through-line like Iron Man character who's in mm. all the universes. Yeah, he's the Nick Fury of HECU. I love Dewey. Did I say that at all on air? I love we, Dewey. We love Dewey. He's a sweet boy, and Dewey's he deserves the world. Yes. Dewey's a good one. Dewey is the only cop who isn't a cab. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Um, all right. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us here. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch after the month of Halloween, that's what month it is, uh, you can do so by reaching out to us on Twitter at MockFootage or send an email to mockfootage at gmail.com. Real quick, I want to give a big, big thank you to the composer Mark Youngerman for the use of the song Ghost Ball during the month of October for our spook footage special. Thank you, Mark, for the use of that song. Thank you, Haley, so much for joining us. I had a riot uh, recording this episode with you and watching this movie with you. I'm glad. We had a scream. We had a scream. 
Haley, where can folks find more of your things? Uh, LunarLightStudio.com. Um, and uh, I do Bad Advertising, um, which is a show I do with Blue and Penny, um, where we uh, make fun of capitalism by coming up with satirical products for real brands and designing an ad campaign for them and it always ends with a real ad and for some reason uh what follows each episode is a, the brands actually making our products and we don't know why mm-hmm. um that's, mm-hmm. yeah also truly disturbing yeah um, that's our, that's our scream curse um, capitalism is our scream Yes, uh, and then uh, Good Boys Girls is going to be coming back. Uh, I also do a show called Comradical, um, where uh, me and my friend Johnny talk about uh, why capitalism is bad and uh, communism might be a fun thing to consider. Don't worry too much about it. Uh, Ray's right. going to be coming on that. And uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, mostly, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, on uh, at Hey Stews, and I stream every once in a while, and I'll tweet about it. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll be in the know about that. So bingo, bango, yeah. bingo, bango. All right, folks. What was our favorite line from the movie? Anything Rose McGowan said. Oh no, mine was. You hit me with a phone, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. I'm your host, Andy. I hate most things, but I try not to let that get in the way of me enjoying my life. And I'm Evan. I love most things, and it really makes me enjoy my life. I'm Ronnie. On our podcast, Ending Pending, we talk about television shows that have only lasted for a single season. They're like canceled show investigators. That spells CSI. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like a bit. That's a bit. Yeah, that was like a joke yeah. there. We go episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. And it's not just bad shows. Sometimes we do really good shows. Yeah, like Kings. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That's yeah. really, really good. And The Quest. Ooh, love The Quest. Yes. Good choice. Excellent good choice. show. And Selfie. Oh, no, no. No, Ronnie, no? no. That was no, a bad selfie. one. That was, that was, oh. that was real bad. We didn't like that. You can catch new episodes every Wednesday on LunarLightStudio.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Ending pending. Is it working for you? Oh, yeah.